Okay. Welcome to another epic episode of Frequency Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Theoso Cummings. And today we're going to be diving in into an incredible guest podcast. And so this is one for the books. This is one that is going to bring life to a collective awareness of what truly is possible when individuals decide and commit to an excellent form of self-leadership and service and being embodiment in the world, especially for those who are open and willing to learn more about how they operate. And I have my brother, sacred brother, masterful leader, Nathan Collerman on this podcast. Nathan is a devoted father, spiritual psychopath, transformational facilitator, speaker, writer, podcaster, U.S. Army veteran with so much appreciation and the founder of the new intention method and so we have this man he's a busy guy we're super lucky to have him today um and it's an honor to bring him to you so nathan what's going on brother it's been a minute since we have spoken oh not too long (laughs) my guy thanks for having me such a warm introduction and I'm feeling good, bro. I'm ready. Let's do it. Well, amazing. If you're ready, I'm ready to dive in. So just for those of you who are just kind of listening to this podcast and you're looking to really level up your sense of self, your sense of power and your capabilities that are inherent within you. Um, this is one of the reasons why I decided that I really wanted to invite Nathan on the podcast, um, because I know that he has a lot of experience with many different types of people, men and women, just leaders of all shapes, sizes. And I wanted to just say, you know, thank you so much, brother, for coming on to the podcast today. I just wanted to really thank you for all of the ways that you're able to stretch into just higher levels of leadership and ascension and community creation that the world just they need right the world needs more leaders and so it's an honor to have you here but yeah my first question for you is what what is something that you know you you have observed about just in terms of how how your story is is beginning to weave with the the collective awakening the collective awakening into there's more for people out there there's more possibility for them to stretch into and how has your evolution just in the in the recent past been connected to to this collective rising but also what you've observed just in in the industry that you're you and i are both in but what would you say just in terms of how your story's evolved and, and the wisdom that you've extracted with uh, your clients and your community and your family? Yeah, man, that's a really good question. And I would say more recently, last year for me at least was commitment. 
right? How was I showing up in commitment? How was I showing up in commitment to myself? How was I showing up in commitment to my family? How was I showing up in commitment to my community? And that commitment brought me to this place where I was actually able to lead and speak and connect to people on a level where it paralleled the collective's curiosity because that is like the awakening process. It's how I perceive it at least is this curiosity as into, well, what's really out there, right? What is really going on, right? These are the questions that are being asked. And I've dialed a lot of that in for myself and still remaining curious because I'm consistently humbled every time. Even more recently, I kind of got to this point where I'm like, dude, I'm so fucking tired of doing the work because it's fucking hard. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm into this place too, where it's really interesting to see everything unfold the way it is, because I'm starting to see people not only curious, but going deeper. And that phrase, right? The, the ignorance is bliss. I was referring back to a time where I remember how my life used to be in this blissful state because quite literally, I just didn't care or I wasn't aware one or the other. And because of that work over the last several, several years, it's showing up now more than ever where people can't really run from it. People cannot run from it because whether it was the lockdowns or a lot of the propaganda that's moving around in the three-dimensional space, or if it's the news and media outlets, which are just consistently perpetuating more fear into people's nervous systems, mm. it's surfacing all the things that need to be looked at. And luckily, I've experienced a lot of that. So I'm able to now be there and stand in it and then observe it and then help unravel the gunk because there's a lot of gunk and it's a lot of noise and it's a lot of congestion that is just asking to be purged from the system. And we're moving through that like collective purge now, whether it's sickness or post sickness effects or post intervention effects, mm -hmm. right? And people can probably pick up what I'm putting down right now. We start seeing a lot of these things, especially when it starts happening in the NFL, when it starts happening in mainstream media or through celebrities or influencers, it's starting to create questions. And that's where the curiosity gets to come forward, where those who have done the work are able to effectively and efficiently guide people through more sustainable means versus this non-sustainable culture that we've been surrounded with for decades, if not centuries. What is, what is going deeper mean to you? Cause like, it's, it's such a, it's become a catch-all phrase, just like how you know, coaching has been a catch-all, become a catch-all phrase. Um, and it's interesting just to see, isn't it like how now people are trying to get more niched in terms of what they call themselves. They're like, oh, I'm a guide or I'm a facilitator. I'm a, but, but you and I have come to learn, at least I know for sure for me is uh, like, we can learn how to flex into what it means to be, show up as a facilitator, coach, teacher, uh, mentor, healer, facilitator. Right. And so what is it what does it mean to go deeper just in terms of like deeper within just kind of healing trauma or is it deeper into kind of self-discovery like what is that what does that mean to you 
Yeah, for me, I mean, it's the ultimate path, right? It's the path that never ends. It's always going to be, whether it's our spiritual evolution or our own personal growth, which is mm -hmm. also another term that's kind of thrown out. Yeah. Because it's almost like we as a collective, we kind of obsess and fixate on this concept of growth, especially as entrepreneurs, leaders, business owners, um, whatever other labels that we want to associate with growth mindset. And for me, it's looking at the things that I don't want to look at, simply oh, put, yeah. whether it's wow. the things I don't want to feel, or if it's the part of me that maybe I pushed away, which is something I personally experience a lot of, right? Especially as I've done all this spiritual work and healing work and this internal guidance system work, I'll call it, where I'm just fine tuning the antenna that I can communicate and receive certain messages and help pass those messages along. I feel like the deeper I've gotten into this work and into myself, I've actually pulled away from some of my own true nature. And it's that constant fluctuation and pendulation from the back and forth, because really it just comes down to harmony, right? We're all just trying to do our best out here. We're all trying to achieve some sense of harmony, right? Mm -hmm. Reduce external conflict, achieve some sense of inner harmony, inner peace. And with that, we can develop systems around it. We can have a structure to support what needs to move, what needs to be held, what needs to be experienced in a safe way, in an ethical way. So that way we can step out into the world and create impact. Because how are we going to go and create impact if we're not actually going into the thing that created an impact once upon a time that left a story, which then created distortion, where that actually got in the way of our true nature in its own. So now when we get to step into that, when we lean into that and we go deeper, whether it's within or without, whether that's into the way we think or the way we feel or the way we see the world, it's us being able to just find a, a sense of harmony where we are not influenced or affluenced by external factors anymore, right? This came up in the, in the last retreat that we were on, right? To become unfuckwithable, right? To go deeper is to get to that state of unfuckwithableness to where no matter what's going on, whether there's gunshots or explosions, you're chilling. And you're saying, yo, I'm good. I'm safe. I'm loved. I am safe. I am love in its own. Uh -huh. All That's of it. exciting. That's exciting. That's exciting to know like that the, it's like the fear of failure, right? Think of the fear of failure and how many people are so afraid of like, what if I look bad? And that just triggers so much of our, our younger self who, who didn't have the tools who didn't have the consciousness to be able to handle that level of overwhelm, you know, in the mind and the body, but especially the body as a kid, it's like, you just store that in your body and you're like, Oh, I don't know how to integrate this into the psyche, you know? And so um, I hear a lot about kind of what uh, Gabor Mate has talked about how like trauma is not what happened. It's what was, what interpretation was created within inside of you. And so what are some of the ways that, what are some of the ways that you have learned to help people to go there, right? to go to those places where they're like pulling up the tile and they're looking at the slugs and they're like, I don't want to do it. Like, it's like almost an avoidance thing. Right. But like, how do you know what to, what to leverage? Or is it something that just kind of happens through the moment? of like knowing how far someone can go or like how, how do you know to discern that when, when someone is 
when something comes up because we we as you know we as coaches especially you and i like we've seen a lot but uh, i think it it shows up inside of people in a way where they don't know they don't know what to do with it they're like what do i do with this yeah man that's like how do i respond to this you know yeah and a lot of people don't i mean there's still times where i don't right it's like until we experience it like how do we know what to do with it and why is it coming up right why now right of any time that i could experience this thing why now why now why did i why did i go through the grieving process and still am in the grieving process of my mother at the age of 30 versus three years ago or four years ago because i wasn't fully prepared yet mm-hmm. and that's what spirit source god universe all of those aspects were preparing me for right so the first step i think is just accepting like i'm exactly where i need to be and god universe or spirit gus with the double s it doesn't hand us something that we're not ready to handle Right. And I think that's where we get twisted up. It's some of us live with this story that I can't handle this right now. I can't do this right now. I don't have the time. I don't have the space. I don't have the energy mm-hmm. when all of those things are just constructs as we've talked about so many times before. Yeah. 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 And addressing that and establishing a foundation of what I believe to be true spirituality and the connection to the unseen, the connection to metaphysical realms, which we don't have to get into, and quite literally reframing and looking at how we see time, space, creation, and identity through the lens of non-duality in which we can actually come into a greater level of acceptance and then allow what needs to be moved through so that way we can determine what feels safe because safety is relative. Mm-hmm. And that's really how I can determine is more so asking the question, right? What makes you feel unsafe? How far can I push you? Right? Because if you don't tell me, I'm going to pick up on something and I'm going to feel for that push in that pull. If it feels very pushy, like I'm pushing this or forcing this or trying to move this in a way that doesn't feel natural in accordance with the harmonious rhythm of your being, your body, your essence, your true nature, then that is actually going to do more damage than good. So let me establish the foundation of where is your soul at in its path and its purpose? Where's your body at in terms of safety? And then how can we move that with different tools, Mm -hmm. right? And I always come back to four things, breath, sound, voice, movement. And if we can establish a foundation with those four things, a lot can happen and things tend to just surface organically as it should, as nature does. Okay. And, and so when you tune into someone's threshold, as you said, that's just me paraphrasing you, but someone's threshold to be able to experience challenge and like a healthy amount of resistance, like what, what would you say to someone who's like, well, like, you know, I'm a man or, uh, you know, I'm a woman and it's just, you know, it's just not in my, it's not in my like natural essence, um, which is understandable, right? Cause men and women, we just biologically have different drives and <laughs> different, um, you know, neurological pathways of emotion and thoughts and whatever, and, and all and such like that. But what do people, what, what, what are you able to, how are you able to kind of enroll someone into, 
it's, it's almost like how do you guide someone without forcing an outcome so that they feel safe to trust you with that leadership? Um, because I think that that's been one of the biggest lessons that I've learned where there's like a balance between, okay, I need to learn more about this client's values and what their vision is versus I am clear on their vision and their values and, and what they're trying to achieve through this, uh, program, if you will. And so I, it's almost like a parent, right? Who like knows the medicine is going to heal the kid. And the kid's like, nah, <laughs> the kid doesn't know it's going to help her, her, him or her. Right. But, but the parent has a higher level of awareness. Does, is this, does this make sense where like you kind of yeah. know what's best for them, but you don't want to feel like you're forcing them into something that's like against you know, their values, but you know, it's going to help them to get to where they want to go. Yeah, exactly, man. And I like how you brought the kids into it. Cause I, you have kids. Yeah. Yeah. I've got three kids. You know, I've got yeah. a nine, a six and a five month old. So my range for development and learning styles has broadly increased because of that. If it weren't for my kids, I probably wouldn't be able to speak to this, but because I am one of the few instances I'll say, but it's framing it in a question where Number one, I don't know what they need. That's that's first, right? I don't know what someone needs. I have an idea of what could be supportive if I'm clear on their vision and their values and their challenges and roadblocks and things like that. I can probably put some pieces together. Yeah. And that's not my work. And I think it's really important as a facilitator, practitioner, coach, teacher, leader, healer, whatever somebody identifies as is, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, this is not my work. I'm just here to witness it. I'm here to support it. I'm here to encourage it. I'm here to embrace it, not judge it. And when I really check in with that first, then that energetically creates a space to ask the right questions, not the questions coming from the, I think I know it's coming from the question based on the identifying factors that I've received from this person, the way I've collected their data. If I ask certain questions that relate to that data, mm -hmm. then eventually there's enough reference points for somebody to come to their own conclusion. Mm -hmm. And that's really the art of coaching, right? That's the art right, of communication. Right. It's the art of war, quite literally. And it's yeah. not so much like a warfare as in conflict. It's a warfare as in, right? Good versus evil, right? Mm -hmm. Light versus dark, right? You can use those dualistic perspectives to form a place of non-duality. And that's where the inquiry comes in and asking really mindful questions, very intentional questions. Cause there's some people who just ask questions to ask questions like what's in your body, but not asking the questions to first identify whether or not this person is dissociative or if they tend to go into tonic immobilization and they're shutting down and they're in a freeze response, they're not going to be able to feel anything in their body. Why are we leading with that? Mm-hmm. You know, and having that type of approach and that method allows us to come to a place where we can make the most sound decision possible as someone who is just an empathetic witness, as somebody who is just here to see the experience for what it is and say, yo, I got you. And you can go wherever you want to go. It's not up to me to determine. It's not up to me to tell you whether or not this is a safe space or not. It's up to me to do whatever I can 
with my arsenal of tools to establish everything on the perimeter. So that way you can identify what feels safe and what doesn't. And then you can actually be empowered in that and speak to it to then set the pace. Okay. Okay. And so let's just put this into like context because people want more aligned success in their careers. They want deeper connection with their, you know, their partner or their family. Uh, they want to feel better. They want more vitality. And, and like you said earlier, energy. Um, so I, 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 I believe I'll just put it out there. Like the, the level of non-duality that I enjoy the most is being able to create intimacy and connection with people because I feel that it's like they're less willing to listen if if there isn't that connection you know it's kind of like your kids like your kids are probably gonna go against you politically if you haven't established a healthy connection with them like you don't spend quality time with them or you know you don't care about how they feel um you neglect them right it's like yeah, that's, that's going to happen. Probably. I don't have kids, so you know better than I do, but I'm just saying like, I love what you said about creating a, a safe, compassionate, non-judgmental space where this is just blowing my mind. What you're saying, just, just at least my mind, cause I like to get my mind blown, uh, about how so many leaders in, in the self-development industry are so good at like practicing certainty, you know, like, oh, I know exactly what we're going to do. And there's value to that. There's value to that. And I love how you said that you can have that certainty and also certainty that it's perfectly okay for you to not know yet, for you to have that level of trust, right? Like with the space that you're able to create with clients. <laughs> Yeah, you see dude, what I'm like saying? Like that's scary for leaders to do because they want we want to be like, oh, we're the ones who know, right? So mm -hmm. let's dive into that. Like, I think that's a great pivot because that's kind of what was going on in, inside of my mind. I was just like seeing this image of different spaces that we might have been in, or different, you know, rooms that I've sat in where I've been learning from people who have that certainty, that practice yeah. of certainty, and it's like I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that's useful when it comes to like an itinerary or you know, like decisive action. Like this is sure. what we're going to do. This is the outcome that we're going to desire. And I've done this enough times to know that what I do works and mm -hmm. there's that. Yeah. 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 That's and, amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Which is an art, right? That's, that's consistency. That's excellence. That's mastery. Yeah. You know, that's why people charge upwards 10, 15, $20,000 an hour because they're able to do it because they got a thousand reps in. You're not paying for the hourly rate. You're paying for the thousand reps that yeah. got them to the point of being able to take you from decade to day, yeah. you know? So it's like in this space, we also honor the human condition, right? Of the, I don't know, right? Referring back to kind of that metaphysical piece, right? Time, space, mm -hmm. identity, creation. The most beautiful moments I've ever had are in the unknown. So if I already know, then chances are, right, double slit experiment, yeah, right? Yeah. If I already know, I'm missing out on 999%, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? 999% of other possibilities that could happen, which might actually rob us from the beauty and the magic of the mystery. So can I not exercise both? Yes, I can, right? And the non-duality is 
I can have certainty in certain areas and have spaciousness in between to allow the magic to unfold as it needs to. And that's the art, man. That's the beauty, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Damn. And and so tell me more about, uh, I'd love to know more about the, the consciousness of just alignment or just aligning of consciousness to put it a better, better way around dancing in that unknown. And, and because, you know, the ego needs to know, you know, it's like, it needs all the evidence. It doesn't actually embody faith. It's just like, I have faith, but then nothing, like they don't change anything. They're just like, I have faith. It's like, okay, well, where's the results, right? And so um, just, I'd love to hear more about your perspective on, on um, is it, does it show up in your body? Like for me, it shows up as a feeling. If, if I don't know, like for me, I'm a manager. so I just, I trust that gruntle, intuitive, yeah. Uh, and I'm still, you know, mastering that because it, it never ends, the intuit, the tapping into that intuition. Um, but for you, how does it show up where you're like, no, like, I know I don't know, but we are onto something. Mm-hmm. Like you can see clearer than your client because they have blind spots like us all, like all of us. Yeah. And I think you just already spoke to it, right? It's that like intuitive hit. You know, I just taught a class on like instinct versus intuition. Mm-hmm. And it's important to acknowledge that our physiology registers the instincts, right? Our neurology has the instincts that are pre-programmed and designed to keep us in a state of survival when we yes. need it most. Yes. Right. And that intuition is that sweet spot, that small space of agency that we have when a stimulus occurs mm-hmm. and then we have that instantaneous moment to think and develop a solution and not from a place of logic, but from a place of that, I don't know, but I feel like this thing needs to move a certain way in order to actually have the outcome that is going to lead to a success. Cause that's really how we're just designed and registered, right? What's a success. What's a failure. Cool. We succeeded. Cool. We're going to compound that. We're going to keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. That's scaling. Something happens and we fail. Then it's like, okay, something needs to pivot or I need to let go of it completely. This is not a satisfactory response system. So Mm -hmm. let me just put that off to the side. So that way I can create space for something else to come through. And that's the sweet spot of agency. Mm. And the way we register that is all again, based on perception. So when we talk about like non-duality, it's get the judgment out of the way. Look at the data in front of you. Look at the logic, look at the things that are actually going to substantiate or quantify it as a qualifying success. Yeah. So again, it, for me is this sense of like, I've done this so many times that I feel as though I know how this needs to move. And I leave a moment with a pause, right? It's like, I think I need to know. And most people, I think they slip up when it's saying, Oh, I think I know. And they just go do it versus I think I need to know past, right? Like based on exactly. Yeah. So let me take a pause, take a breath. Is this true? Yes. Okay, cool. I'll go. Right. That's the trust. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, what are the ways that you can measure someone's ability to be in that active surrender, right? Where they're still taking action. Um, they're not apathetic. They're taking action, but they don't know. Like, how are you, like, do you give your community like progress tracking where 
you know, they say, okay, this is my level of happiness or fulfillment or success in business or like, do you help them to kind of see that progress over time? Like just in the, during the experience? Yeah. And I mean, I do so many different things. So I have different ways of assessing it. Sure. Right. When I was in the fitness space, right. I was doing movement assessments, biomechanics assessments. So it was like, is your quality of walking congruent with the effects that you're feeling? Uh-huh. So if the pattern the effects, okay. is incongruent with the feeling, then that's a way of assessment, right? We can, with trauma work, we can assess respiratory rates, heart rate variability. We can do different diagnostic screenings for dissociative um, disorders, right? We can start using different metrics and data to quantify something that will qualify someone for an outcome. So it varies, right? It could look like if I was in one niche thing and I did just one thing all across the board, I'm sure I would have a congruent system, like a a systematic system that took somebody along the same journey every single time. And I really love the variable pieces to it, right? It's like, you're looking for this outcome. So let's reverse engineer that completely and then develop the metrics around that Mm -hmm. versus take you through my thing, because I feel like my thing is going to get you there. Even though my thing is simply just to to support your thing, Mm -hmm. right? You have, we're here to develop a system for you, not for you to do the other way around. Because if you adopt my system, chances are it's not going to work in the long term. It's going to be a temporary resolve, which will then expose where your loops are at and where your loops are open and where what loops need to close. So that way you can come into this uniqueness of your own system, of your own identity, your own purpose, your own fulfillment of your own relationship, of your own business, whatever that is. Okay. And that's the artistry of it too. To kind of piggyback off of what you just said around artistry because this is so epic like this is my jam it's like how do we how do we consciously create art but also real value to the world that's like actually truly valuable to people and instead of like oh that sounds cool or oh that looks cool it's like oh it looks and sounds cool and it's like giving me tremendous value like i'm able to go recreate some awesome dope shit out there in the world um but but for you let's let's dive into this aspect of of like patterns of asking like you when you when you ask your clients okay what are your normal patterns of loops that you said you need to close with them you know because that's highly likely that people have been trying things and maybe they worked temporarily but maybe they stopped working and they're just like i don't know like what like where's the where's the blind spot i'm not sure where it is why do i keep defaulting to this you know pattern of avoidance or aggression or you know, for me it, personally, it's it's it tends to be either avoidance or freeze or aggr- like I think I, I I have certain behavioral adaptations just across the board, which I've made it one of my life's purpose to help heal myself and support others with that. But like, what what do you what about with your experience just around stepping into this level of being able to reflect back to someone with compassion and acceptance. Hey, like these seem to be your patterns. Let's go into this. Like, let's look at this. Yeah. I mean, it's the pattern is always going to show you, right. As you already know, 
right? The pattern will always show you what a potential root cause can be. Yes, yes. This is what I want to dive into with you. And, you know, I like using biomechanics as a foundation for this because mm -hmm. by the way somebody walks, right? If you look at our body, right? And me doing a lot of work in the breathwork space and transformation space, a lot of what I do and how I do it is because I have the experience from the human body and from recognizing patterns in people and how they move differently and how they walk wow. differently, how they shift their weight differently because of something that might be in pain, uh -huh. because of something that might bring a sense of discomfort and what that does, not only biologically, but also psychologically, mm -hmm. because as I always said, like a posture can reflect a piece of your personality and where you're at in the present moment. Because that will always shift. That will always change. Posture is not a end all be all. It's not a one size fits all. We all have different skeletal structures and muscular development over time. So that way we can recognize, is this pattern actually supportive to my sport, right? Uh -huh. If we were to take a habit that we do every single day, if I am training for a marathon, would training like a bodybuilder support that? Probably not. What's going to happen is it's actually going to create a dysfunction. It's going to create a misalignment mm. that is not congruent with my goal. It's not congruent mm. with my vision. So my body will always be in constant conflict with it. Yeah. And we can check in with that from a marathon perspective. We can check in from a business perspective, right? If I were to, with what I do, right? If I'm helping reduce conflict and helping restore inner peace, then would something that creates conflict in my life. Like if I were to fight every day, or if I were to have defensive arguments over Facebook and Instagram threads, would that be supportive and in alignment? Would it be congruent with my mission? Probably not. Right. Yeah. If I'm teaching people how to set a pace for their nervous system, how to set a pace for their life. So that way they can experience all the joy, excitement, pleasure, and joy. Then if I'm waking up just feeling rushed and pressured and confining myself to a schedule instead of just enjoying the richness of my pillow in the morning, I don't feel like that would be congruent, right? And that's the energy play, whether it's from biomechanics or if it's your mission in life, or if it's just something you're doing on a daily basis, right? You said deeper connections, right? And intimacy, uh -huh. Uh -huh. right? So it's like, if you're on Tinder swiping and you're, energetically manifesting this dream partner of yours and you're calling them in, but <laughs> oh, you still God. have like a hinge or bumble or Tinder account. Do you think for a second that you will ever magnetize that person? If you're still doing that in or thinking about it, because your thinking is also taking up the energetic space, mm. right? That's the pattern that indicates the root cause. There's something there to go into. Because you can call in the partner and manifest them and write them down and post pictures of them on your vision board and all these things. Yeah. And if you don't get to the thing that started creating the destructive pattern in the first place that deviated you away from that vision, then chances are it's going to keep happening. It's going to keep showing up. And even when it does show up, something within you is going to push it away. Hmm. What do you mean push it away? Push right. what away? Right. Because there's something inside. Right. You said that you develop these behavioral adaptations, yeah. right? Which we do. We mm -hmm. do it based on a perceived success, perceived failure. Yeah. 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 Right. If this was a success, cool. I'm going to keep doing it. If it was a failure, if it was painful, 
I'm probably going to lean away from it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if someone is manifesting their dream partner, but let's say they deleted their Tinder accounts, Bumble accounts, Hinge accounts, let's say that they went to talk therapy and they just started regurgitating their story again and again and again, which just reaffirms that it exists without actually saying what actually lives inside of me that was attracting the partners that led me to the conclusion that those aren't the relationships I want. All those relationships that were failures led them to the conclusion of what they really wanted. So are they actually excavating what was it within them that was driving them to seek the unhealthy partners? Because mm -hmm. if not, and they just shift to this whole manifestation thing, chances are their nervous system will be so conditioned at that point to feel the sense of familiarity with unhealthy that when the healthy thing comes around, they're going to push it away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Shit. I've seen this play out in my own personal life. Oh, me too, I, bro. I, I, I'm speaking I'm like, that's too. too good to be true. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's so crazy. Because uh, I feel like, yeah, I agree. Like we're all subconsciously drawn to or like that twin flame who creates like just as much pain as they do pleasure with that. <laughs> Which is divine, right? Sacred, and it has mm -hmm. like it has meaning to it, and, and so I think there's, I think that that is such a fascinating thing that I've observed about all relationships, uh, not all relationships, but many, many relationships, just that are conscious, which I know are far from perfect. Meaning, like, yeah, there's there's things behind the scenes, the backstage that we don't post on social media, um, which is the fact that it's reality. You know, like we see like 10% of reality, you know, in terms of just kind of navigating conflict and things that don't go as planned. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, how can someone really connect with a vision, even if they're in a partnership now, where they can start to become a higher, better version of themselves? And just from the top of my head, one thing that I've learned is to never build a list. And, and basically a list is if, if you ever want to have a long-term friendship, romantic, whatever business relationship, do your best to not build like a track record of like, oh, here's all the things that mistakes you've made and how you've wronged me. Um, because we're human, right? We make mistakes. Um, some of them are very hard to forgive. Um, and at the same time, it's like, I always do my best to, to like, see, like for, for instance, you, um, if something fell to the cracks in our relationship, I always do my best to like, remember the qualities about you that initially attracted me to you, right? Like as a brother, like what, what were the qualities that I saw in you that I just felt intuitively like, Ooh, like there's an alignment here, you know? And so like, I always try to bring myself back to that with people who I do, or like my rider dies because it's so easy for our ego to like latch onto those negative experiences and like create this huge monster story about this person when it's like we totally forgot about the fact that there are so many reasons the valuable things that they have you know within them that's easy to forget when we start building that laundry list <laughs> yeah you feel I, me? I resonate with that so much. <laughs> I, I'm laughing right now because I'm like, oh, I remember the times where I was like deeply in pain and I did make those lists and like, ah, this person did this, 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 this. And all it did was just pull me away further from myself. It just pulled me further away from, yeah. from who I am. It took me away from that compassion. 
mm-hmm. took me away from that, you know, part of me that wasn't able to step away and not judge it. Right. But actually judge the shit out of it as a defense yeah. mechanism yeah. to make yeah. that thing or that person, the wrong thing mm-hmm. or the wrong person, even though that was actually the opportunity that created the space for me to actually feel what I needed to. So that way I can better manage my own shit. I can better manage my emotional state. I can better manage, you know, who I surround myself with, who I can determine as a stable partner or someone who has the qualities, the traits, the characteristics of someone who is a good friend. And this is constantly evolving, unfolding as we start to, right, ascend, expand, evolve into who we're quote unquote meant to be. <laughs> right. Man, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just listen, like, Sometimes it's taken me a good month or two after some kind of, you know, maybe there's a misalignment and I grow apart from someone in relationships or some kind of business thing that falls through. It's like, sometimes it takes me a good month to realize like, oh, fuck, like I'm fucking, I've got some narcissistic aspects to me. Like I, 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 you know, it's like, sometimes it's so humbling to like step back and be like, where did I, like, how did I contribute to this? Um, and, and usually it's just like a scared kid, you know, it's just like a scared kid, you know, who feels like he doesn't measure up or it's a scared girl who feels like she's too much and, you know, blah, blah, blah is like a, you know, it's like a status chaser. You know, we all have these kind of patterns inside of us that aren't us. They're just conditionings. But like, I'm just, I'm just telling it like it is. It's like sometimes I'm like, oh shit, like, wow, that's that's a lesson for me to extract from that. Dude, I feel you so hard on that. I mean, personally, because and I sh- I share this a lot with people now, at least, right? But catch me a few years ago, I probably could have checked every single box for NPD, which is mm. narcissistic personality disorder. I could mm. probably checked every box because mm. all the symptoms that show up, like. It was showing up in my life everywhere. It was showing up in my relationships. I was unintentionally like following those defense mechanisms. And once I started going super deep on what you even just said, like the narcissistic tendencies and then recognizing we all are narcissistic by nature to a certain degree, because it's a fucking defense mechanism. Yeah. (laughs) Yet we shame and blame and like throw them in the, in the fucking pit with the needles that kill and you know what is it called when they uh pillage them or whatever <laughs> shame on, on you stake, you, know? <laughs> you need right. to be different and i've already decided how you need to be <laughs> and, right. and even empaths will say that like i'm an empath and i was yeah. wronged and they need they're the narcissists like that you have narcissistic energy even if you're an empath inside of you it's just that's what you're attracting right it's like it's so strange right. isn't it it's just so strange well it's human nature man like yeah at the core biology and physiology of all of us, we're all designed to survive. To survive. Like that is yeah. our instinctual yeah. nature. Yeah. And, and, to, and to honor that too, right? To honor exactly. that inherent selfishness is, is healthy. Yes, exactly. And by design, we're also predisposed to self-destruct, right? It's mm. in ourselves, mm. quite literally, to self-destruct, wow. to burst, to um, deplete and then replenish. So why is it that we beat ourselves up when we self-destruct or self-sabotage or uh, get in our own way, right? When that's actually the thing that needs to happen in order for us to recycle and replenish the energy store. So that way we can come out on the other side renewed. It's a part of the process. 
and, and we get to honor that and we get to witness it. And then we get to do something with it, you know, because we're, I personally, in my experience, the, the place where I felt the most pain is when I didn't do anything with it. Right. I just right. fucking sat in right, it and right, I chose right, to right. sit in it because I was like, I would rather feel this way than feel good. Right. Because that was the addiction. Sure. Right? I was addicted to my own suffering. Sure. And yeah, I was me like too. getting high off those pain chemicals. Right. Aroused, right. Like, Ooh, that's exactly yeah. right. That pain pleasure center that are like, what, like a, a, a nanometer apart or something like that. Right. It's wild, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's that one nanometer, that split second where we can just choose. And it's like, no, I decide my fate. I decide what I do with this. I decide. And that's where responsibility comes in. Right. Like yeah, we are responsible yeah. for our own fucking experience. Fuck yeah. Let's go. <laughs> you know, fuck this yeah. is not my work. Yeah. but it is my work. <laughs> right. And now we start playing with the semantics, but <laughs> I think that that's why so many people trust you is because you're not pretending like I know everything. It's like, dude, it's like the spiritual teacher who's like, I killed my ego a long time ago. It's like, dude, you have an ego. That's a blind spot, bro. Like everyone has an ego, <laughs> right? Like, um, but, but no, I'm, I'm like all jokes aside, like I feel that that level of humility not humbleness, humility, like, okay, humble is cool, but I think it's humility where it's like, mm -hmm. confidence is awesome. Arrogance, no, not, not awesome. But there's a difference, you know, there's like a nuance to that. I see you as a confident person who knows his value and his worth and his, his abilities to co-create with, with very powerful people and people who are also just getting started, you know, in this development industry. Mm -hmm. Um, but it takes patience, doesn't it? Right. Like, at least for me, that was the hardest lesson in leadership to learn. It's like, yes, we will go for the legacy and there's seasons, right? Like there's seasons to our development and our evolution. And it's, I think that's the thing that I've been really going deep on this, that I intend to go deep on this year is like, how can I orchestrate a conscious, you know, phasing of uh, a process of seasons if you will with mm -hmm. all this kind of business structure and scaling that we help co coaches to do about like how do we honor everyone's season and and what they're personally going through um so what would you say to that about about like the lessons that you've learned just through helping so many people in terms of you know honoring honoring that that the co-creation is gonna bring up a very unique experience because it's like, you don't know what's going to show up between you mm -hmm. and someone who, yes, of course, we're all human, but like, it's going to be a unique dynamic, right? Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's where like, I like to use like masculine, feminine principles of energy, sure. not so much the energy itself, just the principles, the traits, principles. characteristics, and principles. what's showing up, right? What's showing up in this person? Are they more, <laughs> you know, we'll say, are they more fluid right now? Are they more nurturing are they more you know soft right or they're not so structured maybe they're a little bit more flowy cool so my responsibility that we can have now have a conversation around is what are you open to right i have with every single one of my partnerships ventures whether i'm working with like teams or companies or even with my clients it's like what are your desires what are your fears what are your boundaries right in business we see what are your skills? What are your thrills? Cool. How can we come together and now collaborate something to where this actually is suitable for everybody involved? And then with teams, it's like, cool, where's our scorecards, right? How are we scoring? What are we rating? What are the KPIs? Mm -hmm. You know, and if these KPIs are not 
hitting the numbers that we want, then let's have a conversation. Let's create the intentional space to honor what needs to come up because chances are, it's not a performance thing. It's a personal thing. Mm, Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's the awareness around that and creating a supportive culture, a supportive community, a supportive space that can witness it and then say, cool, what do you need? And Mm. how can we better equip you with the resources? So that way you can show up more as your higher self more often, even if you're still waking up, not feeling like your highest self and it's hard for you to show up. Mm-hmm. And I speak to this because I'm just now coming out of that season, like a four month winter dark season. I'm just like, I don't yeah. want to up on social media right now because number one, I don't feel like my highest self. I'm feeling depressed and sad and angry and then bitter and then happy. And I'm going through these weird waves of emotions that I've never experienced before. Um, and I got to honor that. And then I got to check in with like, cool, well, what do I really need? Oh, I actually need more space. I need more time. I need more whatever it is to best support or facilitate the outcome that's most desired, which for me in my life, it's sustainability. Is it sustainable? Is it done in excellence? Is it done in integrity? And is it done from the highest of intentions that has the best of all in mind, not just the best of my own? And those are the conversations we get to have, not only internally, but also with our teams, with our collaborators, with our companies, with our partners, everything. And, and for you, the, uh, the best for, you know, the best performance, the best flow, um, I call it alignment, but I just, I just believe it's that everybody wants some level of consistency, uh, and reg- self-regulation, um, you know, because I feel like that's what frustrates people the most, at least for me too, personally, it's like, when I'm not consistent, it like irks me. I'm like, ah, like fucking out of integrity with my fucking self. <laughs> and then I'm in denial, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why I love investing in myself too, is because it holds me, it like helps me get leverage on my ego. I'm like, ah, not so fast. You just spend all this money. So just pay the fuck attention. Like mm-hmm. implement this fast. You know? Yeah, I've been, <laughs> I've been guilty of that. Like dropping a whole bunch of cash and then being like, yo, you're trying to do like four things at once right now, bro. What are you doing? And I saw sure, you're trying yeah, to self-destruct. Sure. Cool. Oh shit. Wow. We get to yeah. have that conversation with ourselves, right? And wow. why we don't complete things or why we don't show up fully, right? Or why we yeah. actually like believe that, you know, if we were to show up as our fullest self, then what happens? Who are we? How will people see us? X, Y, and Z. And that conversation can go on for days. Yes. Yes. And here's a question. <laughs> I have a, I just, this just hit a nerve for me and it just is calling for me to, to ask you, cause I, I know you're going to give just an amazing, uh, response, but you know, in, in my understanding of masculine, at least like you said, principles, it's like, we seek freedom. We seek purpose. We seek this feeling like we've completed giving our all, uh, to some, to fill something up and on, and the women, or uh, feminine energy context is more like, oh, they want to feel receiving lo- of love and they want to be surrounded by joy and they want to, you know, talk about romance and love and connection and intimacy um, just in terms of an energetic, not like gender related. Yep. But for you, um, when you, when you dive into that, how are you able to give yourself the, the space to 
really tap into the present moment and know exactly what you want. I, I have a follow-up question after this, but how do you tap into that energy of like what you are needing now? Like, do you need, like you said, some of re- some rest and some space, or do you need to, you know, like, so to speak, get out of your own way and just start taking, you know, massive action because I, for me personally, I used to be that type of guy who, who would also like just say, Hey, fuck saving money. Like, (laughs) like I, I'm going to just, I'm confident, you know? And then, uh, you know, but that was, there was lessons to that too. Cause it showed me to not be so attached to like building this fucking bank account that I can't take when I'm dead. But at the same time, like I felt, I saw a pattern subconsciously that like, I can't, I'm motivated by fear of loss. Like I'm, I'm motivated of, mm-hmm. like I, 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 I would always put myself in situations where like I needed to get creative. I needed to become resourceful. And so I've started really evolving, like at least what I've been learning and also teaching about how we don't have to put ourselves in those frantic situations to be creative, where we can like create some, you know, structure so that we can be resourceful and creative when it's not on the line. Does, does mm-hmm. that make sense? What I'm yeah. asking you? Yeah. Because that is a huge pattern that I was like totally not aware of. Like I would sabotage everything just so that I could have that feeling of like, oh shit, it's do or die. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. And that's so common. I mean, yeah. I still experience that. Man. Me too. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I'll go on Amazon or something like that. I'm looking at like $600, $700 later. I'm like, do I really need this stuff? Or did I just like get sucked into my own saboteur for a minute? I think there? I and did today. I just went and bought like $300 yeah. ASS. <laughs> right. So it's like stuff like that where we're like, yeah, I can't we honor it, yeah. you know, but like check in with like, is this stuff I really need? You know, and it's not second guessing it. And it's also like enjoying the abundance of it. And like trusting that the path will unfold and all those things will come no matter what, as long as the vision is held, the system is reverse engineered to get you there and the steps are being taken to climb the ladder of that system, mm-hmm. right? Sequentially mm-hmm. that honors the natural rhythm, mm-hmm. right? Cause mm-hmm. I think there's a tendency and maybe you can relate it to this cause I know I sure as do. I sure do because this is like my experience. It's like, I'll see the vision or reverse engineer. I'll have the system. I'll have the ladder. I'll know the steps. And there's some days where it's like, I don't want to fucking take the step like today. Like, I know I feel you. I need to chill. You know, I need to go like walk up a mountain or, you know, smoke some marijuana or microdose some mushrooms or LSD and like have a day for me. Right. And then like, I get to check in with that. Like, can my nervous system, can my, can it support me through this or Is it just going to perpetuate me on a path of chaos and destruction, leading me to burnout or sickness or dis-ease, I should say? Mm -hmm. Because if it's leading me down a path of dis-ease, I don't want to fuck with it. I don't want to do it, dude. I have pushed through the pain for too many years where now I can recognize it and say, is this pushing me? Am I pushing through this or is it pulling me towards it? Because if it's pulling me towards it, I would rather be magnetized than sucked down by gravity. Mm, mm. I, I would rather be magnetized to something rather than have gravity crush my bones into the dirt yeah. to where I am nothing. Yeah. No. So it's like that process, which looks different for everybody, right? Yeah. For me, it's like, I can use these principles of energy, 
like you said, in like that masculine principle of energy, purpose and freedom. If I know I am in uh, destruction or avoidance, right? If I'm in conquer or escape, chances are I'm not in purpose and I don't feel free, right? In that feminine principle of energy, if I'm devoted and I'm feeling this sense of fullness of life and everything that it has to offer, great. If I feel this sense of suffocation and constriction, mm -hmm. chances are I'm not in my highest level of devotion and I'm not feeling through every pleasure that life has to offer me. So how can I tap into more of that to reduce the inner conflict of the others that are out of alignment? And it's checking in with an inquiry, right? Am I in my purpose? Do I feel in purpose today? Do I feel like I'm doing things on purpose? Yes. If I'm not doing things on purpose and I'm doing things unconsciously, then chances are I'm out of alignment. So uh, what do I need to get me to a place where I feel a little bit better, where I feel a little bit more inner peace, where I can have that childlike joy and curiosity. So now everything I'm doing in the yes. world feels like fucking play. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And then one thing that I always tell my, tell my community is like, tr like try the thought experiment of just like wanting, hoping to fail, want like hoping to fuck it up, mm -hmm. hoping to go broke, like any, any worst case scenario you could ever imagine, because that actually paradoxically gets you back into alignment because then you're not attached to the outcome. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of snaps you into the, whatever's the next best step now. Mm -hmm. you feel well, me bro, like it's so funny that you say that man so many people are like oh like if i don't do this then <laughs> you know like fuck <laughs> well you took me through that right yeah. one of our first conversations you took me through that exercise mm, mm, mm. and you know my debt has increased because i see every debt as an investment and sure, i yeah. know how to leverage credit i don't yeah. let the debt crush me anymore i right, trust right. because i know yo even if i go broke if i file for bankruptcy if i do this if i do this I'm still fucking good and I'm resourceful, man. I used to sell drugs. I used to be a drug addict. I am one of the most resourceful <laughs> people on the planet. Just having that on my resume. Shit. Like that's I'm epic. fucking good, bro. Yeah, like if yeah. I need to hustle, I can hustle if I need it. Dude, you are, you, know? you are not saying so I'm going to go sell drugs. Just, you know, FYI, I'm not selling drugs. Dude, but uh, you're selling like the spiritual drugs. <laughs> exactly. You're bro. selling like the, hey, the breath life work, drugs, <laughs> like the life drugs. Like, dude, come on. <laughs> Just take one breath. of Nathan's programs and you realize life is the plant medicine. If you know exactly <laughs> how to, you know, orchestrate it for yourself, you know? Yeah. But, but to my <laughs> point, like I bring that up because like, imagining that worst case scenario and letting that like fear dissolve, like opens up a new level, right? Mm. Because that actually yes. unleveled that, that unraveled a, a, a lower fear, which is that like fear of not being seen as the father that I want to be seen as because mm -hmm. I vowed to myself at a very early age that I was going to be the best father possible because I didn't feel at the time that my father was showing up that way for me. Right. Even if that's yeah. the next step, Right then that eliminates the fear of money because really what it is, it's a fear of judgment. It's a fear yeah, of my children yeah. not loving me. Yeah. And then I get to imagine that and then go deeper and go deeper, which circles us back to our like original point. What does it mean to go deeper? That's exactly how it looks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like knowing, no, like knowing when to give yourself some of that self like love around just the feminine uh, unconditional love of like just accepted, accepting what is truly and not judging what is. And just trusting that all our basic needs have always been met and always will be be met. Um, and, you know, before taking a new action, it's like really 
acknowledging like shit man like our problems are problems but they're quality problems they're not like oh shit like where's the next cup of water coming from um and i know it sounds so corny right like oh be grateful for what you have but like truly i think that one like you know accepting the worst case scenario and realize actually it's just a construct it's not even based that would never happen you know like that's not based in reality and your future self is going to be so much more capable and people say all the time like oh if i struggle to get to here oh my god like how the fuck am i gonna get to this vision it's like dude relax like your future self is going to be so much more uh self-efficant and and capable and and so you're going to become a new version that can you know handle that that mm-hmm. level of responsibility you know and, and and that level of leadership i think people forget that i mean i sometimes forget that i'm like fuck, i work my ass off to get to here how the fuck am I gonna, you know? And but then we forget things like, oh, well, we can grow our. If we feel worthy of having something, we will reinvest it into building a team and mm-hmm. so on and so forth, you know. Right, and that's really important to acknowledge. Like, and and you know, we're speaking about it because it's like <laughs> real life. We go through this probably more often than we'd like to admit. Mm. And like, that's totally okay. Like you said, they're 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 constructs, yes, and like I see them as guideposts right? It's like, yo, if this is showing up, then it's leading me somewhere that my higher self knows that me right now with where I'm at, it doesn't know, right? Coming back to the, I don't know. Yeah. So, so how can this be a guidepost? How can this be a street lamp on this dark street where it just becomes this playful endeavor to see like, I wonder how far I can walk down the street until I see the next street lamp, right? Because as kids, we didn't give a shit when the street lights came on. We were pissed because that means we had to go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, right? not safe. it's not safe. Right. Exactly. But then you like you look down that street as a little kid and you see all these lights all, all the way down. You're like, I don't understand. There's lights all the way down the street. Why am I so fucking scared? Why are my parents scared? What's the point? I should just be able to go out and roam the world. And somewhere along the way, we lost that. And that yeah. became the construct. Uh, uh, so like uh. coming back to that, right? And maybe you're picking up what I'm putting down here. I am so but 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 like in the womb you know before we have senses i guess you could say it's dark i was like we love that womb it's got the nutrients it's got the temperature it's got everything and then you know we're exposed to the light and uh (laughs) come out of that the safe womb and and then we're like scared of the dark it's like yo like we came to the dark it's such a weird uh interesting you know, concept around birth and death and then like what it means to be in the Mm -hmm. womb. It's all dark. It's a cave. And then why are we scared? Like I was terrified as a kid growing up of the, of the darkness. I had to have my sister turn the lights off when we went home for dinner, you know, up until like eight or nine. But, uh, you know, it's fascinating how the dark inside of us is only dark because we're just not able to see it. Or not. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're avoiding looking at it, but we don't know. It's just not looked at light. It's like, does that make sense? Like, I think that's mm-hmm. that's where a lot of those those traumas um, are coming from because it's a fear of feeling something, of like I'm afraid to feel unworthy, I'm afraid to feel alone, you know, and to just truly mm-hmm. process that. You know, yeah. what what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on what's next for? you what are you excited about this year let's as we start wrapping it up what are you 
you know, how can people really get in touch with you in terms of going deeper with you and, you know, introducing themselves to the way that you create and the way that you serve and the way that you lead. Um, for those of you who are listening, who are like, fuck yeah, I'm a powerful leader. Fuck yeah. Like I'm willing, I want to keep going. Like I want to keep rising. Um, cause I want to, I want to help people to understand what that, what that would look like. And just in terms of like this next year or two of what you're built, what you're creating. Yeah, man, I'm excited for this year. I mean, last year was a gauntlet. So I'm so grateful to be here now having this conversation, calling this vision in the life of, yeah, you know, speaking on stages, just actually got my, um, first speaking opportunity at the science of psychedelics and spiritual medicine conference. That's going to be here Woo. in Phoenix at the end of April. So that's going to be great. Thank epic, you, bro. Epic. And then we got a spiritual psychopath podcast and spiritual psychopath society that's coming soon. And then I'll be running my next cohort for the new intention method group program in spring. And then I've got the refuge leadership Academy training uh, somatic facilitators starting up probably about June or July on top of the many other opportunities. And really my primary focus is stepping on stages, sharing my message yeah, and really cultivating this vision for a book in the near future and being yes. able to share what medicine I have to offer through my message and help normalize the mental health process, start normalizing the spiritual awakening process, start creating tools and resources for those who feel like going into the darkness is unsafe and paving a way for them to set their own pace and step into their highest level of potential and fullness. Uh -huh. Yes. Yes. Um, what a, what a beautiful opportunity um, for people to step into a, a, a bigger capacity to hold a bigger spectrum, right. Of, of like possibility and you know, like to be able to clear out that, you know, to clear out that space that's not useful. That's not, that's just attached to their old identity um, to, yeah, to be able to handle that new bandwidth of like, Oh shit. Like I'm a fucking, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm an excellence. I'm, I'm just so powerful um i am excited for people to check that out and tell us also uh just remind me of your your instagram it's nathan it's just it's it's at nathan collerman right yeah um, nathan collerman collerman okay and yeah, uh pretty much web, every social your website is yeah website is newintention.com and eu eu intention.com and then soon the nathancollerman.com will be up and running excited yes. for that Yes. Last question is, uh, you know, looking back on just this past year, especially, and the reason why I asked this question is just because I feel that and ever since 2020 time has been moving differently. It's been moving faster <laughs> mm -hmm. because our consciousness as a collective has been grow, has been expanding. So just looking back on the wisdom of, of your personal experience, um, in your life, What's one thing that you, you know, you, you want people to, to know, you know, just from your experience of, of what you want to share, just like a nugget. Mm. Yeah, man. I've been sitting with this one recently uh -huh. and this came through 
after my bufo ceremony in september and then it kind of cemented in after my mom's death in october and i came to this conclusion towards the end of last year that life is too fucking short to stress all the time like i know some people it might seem very like well yeah duh bro you know but it 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 hits different when you've experienced death close to your heart and a lot of people might not know what that feels like and that's really scary for people to even imagine and the intent of me sharing that is not to plant fear it's to put into perspective how valuable the life that we have is mm. and how fucking precious it is and how blessed we are to have this technology to connect from across the country to have the technology to be listening to this thing right now to have the technology to get in a vehicle and drive to somewhere in a safe hopefully and comfortable way to have the accessibility and the resources that most people didn't have hundreds of years ago uh -huh. and to recognize how we get to leverage this technology for the greater good and how we get to show up for our families, our communities, mm -hmm. for me as a father, how I get to show up for my children and shape the vision for the new world. Mm -hmm. What a fucking honor. Fuck and yeah. that gets to be fun. Mm -hmm. And I get to value and appreciate this life so much more because of that. And for that, I am grateful for the pain. Thank you for the pain. It brought me to this place of finding such an immense amount of gratitude for what life has to offer and for what every fucking breath and every step has to offer and to just honor that. I feel like bringing reverence to that is really important right now, especially in today's world. Fuck man. Thank you so much. Ah, uh, I'm so full after that statement. That was, uh, the rest of the <laughs> day is just going to be a breeze from here on out. Sarah <laughs> to God dog. So there you have it, ladies and, and, and gentlemen, you heard it from the man himself. I mean, I don't know what else to say, man. You totally crushed it out of the park. And I, I, I just knew with so much, so much belief that, you know, whatever was meant to come through today was, was meant to come through and it did come through tenfold. So thank you so much for just investing your time to contribute to our community. Thank you so much for just being who you are. And, and, and for like really ending this on such a powerful, powerful note. And I know you're going to be so, so epically successful in your speaking career because, you know, uh, you know, you're just able to enter the room and leave the room with that kind of like heightened power. And so mm -hmm. thank you, brother. Uh, you're the man. Love you so much. Have so much appreciation for who you are and uh, can't wait to see all the amazing things that you're going to create in the you, in the next year so so you heard it from him this time <laughs> we'll cut that part out <laughs> you heard it. that was so awkward <laughs> actually no we'll keep that <laughs> we'll keep I it in you, I, love, I love i love it don't you just love it when like someone flops <laughs> someone like brain farts and then like they say yeah don't worry we'll cut that part out and then like they keep it in just to make everyone laugh yeah that's what we're gonna do we're all right have a great day everybody <laughs> Thank you, bro. Much Have a love. Great one. Thank you, everyone. Amazing. Thank you.